We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. It is Sunday, July 10th. Hope everybody's having an awesome weekend. Uh, pretty nice weather in Eugene of late these past couple days. Uh, got some got some uh, sun, and uh, I think it's heating up a little bit over these next two days. So uh, should be should be a nice time to to get outside. Maybe have a snow cone, have some ice cream. You know, whatever whatever your uh, summer vibe is. But you guys are new here. I'm your host Max Torres, and joining me today for an Oregon football recruiting uh, Oregon football and recruiting mailbag is my guy sports chat 503 ryan winter how we doing what up max how we doing good man good uh really really excited to uh get to do a live with you um you know for for people that are tuned in right now definitely hop in the live chat we are at oregon football max taurus on youtube hop in the live chat give us a comment throw us a question and we will do our absolute best to answer it give us give you guys our thoughts Sorry if my words are a little jumbled. I'm kind of still waking up, but we get it done either way. I got my coffee, I got some water, and I, I got my guy Ryan, so we'll be just fine. Um, just a reminder for you guys that are watching, we are going to be live on his channel, Sports Chat 503, right after this one. That'll look like looking like about uh, 11 o'clock right now, but um, we're, we're getting some some people in the in the chat checking in. Mikey G is a longtime supporter, dropping the duck emojis. Xander Brown, he he's been a, a newer guy that's been tuning in lately. Uh, we got Ruben. Let's go, Ryan Max. Thank you. What's up, Ruben? Um, Slayer, he's here. Go Ducks, Francis. Go Ducks. Um, yeah, we we did have one question that I got on Twitter that I wanted to get to first. So let me let me get over here and make sure I have the questions or have the question I should say because um, yeah so I, I mean just in case you guys don't know how this works or if you're new to watching the live show uh, I'll tweet out you know the time uh, and you know topic that I'm going live on my Twitter at mtorus sports and then I'll ask for you guys to drop your questions below on Twitter using the hashtag ducks dish so our first question today uh, is from old duck at Vulcan Rider on Twitter he asks, now that five-star Dante Moore is a duck, what other five-stars do you and Ryan believe will join the Oregon flock? Hashtag Ducks Dish Podcast. 
Yeah, Ryan. I mean, unless you uh, unless you were living under a rock these past couple of days, you you probably heard about the news of five star quarterback Dante Moore announcing his commitment to Oregon. Uh, I think that's obviously a massive addition that is going to be really really important for Oregon in this class. And as we see with recruiting and the quarterback position in particular, that can create a heck of a domino effect. Um, so just to talk about some of the other five stars that that Oregon is in the running for. Uh, right now, I mean, a lot of these guys are still considering Oregon. Um, I don't know who I would say I'm most confident right now is going to join Oregon. I think the biggest name that hops off the board for me is Mateo Uyunglele, the uh, edge guy out of St. John Bosco, who has Oregon kind of in his top schools, has never announced his top schools, but has been working kind of with a very uh, distinct group. Oregon, USC, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama among them. So I think he's someone that Oregon's in a really good position for. Uh, and then you also have Samuel and Pemba, the five-star edge out of IMG Academy out there in Florida where Jane Wayne just transferred to. Um, he committed to Miami yesterday. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then uh, who else do we have? We have Samuel Okunlola, five-star offensive lineman. Um, David Hicks. I think Oregon's in an awesome spot with, with David Hicks five-star lineman out of Texas. Um, those are the biggest guys that, that come to mind right now uh, as far as just kind of some of them that should be in consideration. And, and I think Oregon's in a good spot for Samuel uh, and Pemba and uh, Samson Oak and Lola are obviously way, way farther out East. So I figure there might be a, an extra layer of difficulty for guys like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled with where recruiting is going right now. And I just think that this, uh, this pickup yesterday was just absolutely huge. I mean, it was it was like my my son's reaction to it was the equivalent of like you know the Dylan Brooks buzzer beater against UCLA. Uh, it was just like as soon as he put the you saw the green come out on that hat, the excitement level was through the roof. We were fired up. I mean, we were all around the thing watching it like they were doing in the forties, listening to the radio and listening to FDR. Rep- Talk about the war. I mean, we were like locked in. And to have it on Sports Center, to have it national like that, I think it's a huge boost for Oregon as well. I'm just fired up. But I'm with you. I I, I really like uh Mateo Ilongile. I, I think that his his ceiling is kind of ridiculous. And I know that his family comes with a little bit of maybe extra hype, it feels like, uh, and maybe the way that his dad goes about it. I follow his dad on Twitter. I think he does a great job or whatever, because again, family over everything. Right. But you know, his trip to Oregon felt like it was a home run. I mean, it felt like that last one was the thing that you really wanted going into this home stretch. But you know, you, like like you said yesterday, I mean, I was watching your live yesterday and you know, you made great points about this, the the kind of domino effect of these guys, because they all talk to each other. They all want to play with each other. It's the AAU era you know, that's really taken over all of sports, even to the professional level where these guys want to play together. They want to create their own super teams. And, uh, and, and basically that's what this is, is, is going toward and talk about it with conference realignment, talk about it with the future of college football. There's really kind of a a creating a little bit more of a have and have not in this situation. And everybody wants to be with the haves. They're chasing the money. They're chasing, where can I be solid? Where can I be recognized? Where can I get to the next level? I mean, you've got these guys that are juniors in high school talking about how can this college prepare me for the next level? I mean, you're years out. Again, 
you know, 20, 30 years ago, you know, there was just a few guys that maybe would state that. Now, a lot of guys are talking about that's their goal. You know, maybe just the very cream of the crop in the past. Uh, you know, a guy like Herschel Walker or something, you know, this generational talent, you know, are thinking about what are you going to do in the NFL? Uh, but most of these guys now have dreams and aspirations going to the NFL in high school. And they're looking at how can I get to the next level? Well, it's going to be pretty difficult, even though the NFL does have a slew of people from small colleges. Don't get it twisted, right? There's a lot of guys in the NFL from small colleges and some great players. But when Georgia, what did they have, 16 guys go or something from their team last year? When you get in the NFL, when you see that kind of number, it, 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 it's, it's really pretty dramatic. I mean, Oregon had one player go with Georgia at 16. That's pretty dramatic. So I think there's a lot invested here. I think you can look at it from the youth sports all the way through high school, through college. Guys want to play with the best teams possible. And it, surprise, surprise, why wouldn't you? You want to win, that's going to help you win. And now with social media, I just feel like the, the sky's the limit with this stuff. So this is the biggest offensive commitment in my son's life. Okay, so 2005, my son was born in 2006. This is literally the biggest recruit in his life offensively. That's pretty big. Okay, this is a guy that's going to be at Oregon in two years. So, you know, I, I look at it through that lens that, you know, this is a big deal. Obviously, it, it, the hype needs to kind of, you know, come with it a little bit. But he proved himself already. He was hyped out of middle school. And he comes into situation and plays great as a freshman. So uh, I just, I'm thrilled with it. And I, I just like his attitude. You know, Dante Moore is a guy I've tried to watch a little bit of film on here and there over time because his name kept kind of rising to the top of Oregon's wish list. So, of course, I went back in and tried to watch as much tape as possible. And I just love his demeanor. He's just a gamer. You know, he's just a guy who's who's big, but he's bouncy back there. He kind of reminds me a little bit body type wise of like a Russell Wilson. He's got this like, kind of like bounce. And Russell Wilson was a baseball player. He looked athletic. And this guy looks very athletic. His delivery is just snappy. So I, I just, I really am impressed with, there you go. I'm really impressed with just him and the way that he carries himself. You know, look at this thing. Boom. I mean, he just flicked the wrist and it's, and it's on the money too. I mean, his stats are also crazy. I mean, 3,000 yards, 40 TDs to three touch to, to three interceptions. I mean, that's insane. And, and you know, obviously the windows are bigger, but look, there's some pretty tight coverage on that right there. He put it in a window where only his guy could get it. And, you know, there's also something to be said about Midwest football. You know, I know obviously Detroit might be a hotbed of football, but Midwest football plays good football across the board. Those, those states don't play around. And there's a lot of people in those states, too. So there's a lot of guys playing. But look at that thing. Boom! In the window. Saw it late. Fired it across the middle. And I think he can also you know, do a variety of things. You know, he's a passer first, a quarterback first. You look at these You look at these highlights. He's not running the ball. He's not running for 15 yards to get a first down. He's throwing it for 30. Look at this. Boom! And that's like with three guys on it, right? Across mm -hmm. the middle. So, and then, you know, this is his, his high school tape is great, but man, that elite 11 was awesome. He just blew up late. And now people are talking about legitimately that he might be one of the better players. He's just so smooth. Look at the delivery. Just so smooth. And again, I, I look at it through the perspective of a lot of different sports. You know, I've played a lot of sports. I've coached a lot of sports. And just to kind of go through the motions of like, what does this guy's jumper looks like? I bet he's got a sweet jumper. 
I bet the guy could be a great pitcher in baseball, outfielder, just throw that ball away from the fence. Look at this thing. Boom. And, yeah. and, the, and the other idea is, is that he just is a guy who looks like his demeanor is great. It looks like he's like, uh, uh, you know, uh, he's cool, calm, collected, but he's fired up. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, so we we got the uh, the Dante more highlights here on the screen. If you guys are watching along on YouTube, and uh, I kind of already like he was already one topic that I definitely wanted to hit on in today's show. So it kind of just naturally got got brought up. Um, but just to to kind of uh, keep talking about this topic, one of the recent stories that I saw that I think would be pretty fun to talk about. The guys over at Rivals are talking about whether or not there's a legitimate shot that Dante Moore unseats Arch Manning as the nation's top quarterback here in the 2023 class. And I mean, leading up to his commitment, all the signs are pointing to that being a very real possibility, Ryan. You talked about the Elite 11 performance where he was named the SIL American uh, quarterback MVP. The event MVP by Elite 11 was uh, Jackson Arnold. He's an Oklahoma quarterback commit. He got a lot of people's attention at that event. And that is a super good get for Brent Venables and the Sooners. But with Dante, the hype was building even before that, when he was at the uh, OT7 overtime seven on seven event in Las Vegas, where he was just blowing people away and um, you know really showed that he can play in the seven on seven setting as well, which was a, a big part of kind of how they graded things at the elite 11. But just wanted to read some of the stuff that uh, you know was written by rivals in this specific story. I'm talking specifically Clint Cosgrove and Adam Gorney over there. So I'm going to just read what they say and we can kind of bring that into the discussion. So starting with Adam Gorney's take, he said it was a factor fiction. They do this really cool feature over there, factor fiction uh, when it comes to covering recruiting. So Gorney said that, you know, Dante Moore being a legitimate contender for the number one quarterback in this class. Gorney said, fact, there are no sacred cows in recruiting and every quarterback and every prospect will be reviewed and reconsidered through their senior seasons and the all-star events. Dante Moore was absolutely phenomenal at the OT7 event in Las Vegas and then was my top quarterback at the Elite 11 to close out the summer. Arch Manning is the number one prospect in the 2023 class and has a special skill set of his own along with an incredible pedigree, but Moore absolutely made a statement this summer with his exceptional play on the field there is absolutely a legitimate shot that more could end up as the number one quarterback in this class and then real quick ryan just to hit on cosgrove's take fact while i do believe manning will likely end up quarterback number one i do believe more will and should be considered for the top spot among 2023 quarterbacks manning appears to be a special talent and has the pedigree to match but there are so many unknowns surrounding his game due to his lack of competing in national camps and competitions more on the other hand has proven to be the ultimate competitor he shows up and outperforms the already high expectations put on him each and every time he competes at anything. We have a much better grasp on how Moore will perform at the next level than we do for Manning. Manning may be the next Manning, but we know exactly what we are getting. Exactly, we know exactly what we are getting out of Moore during a time when there are a number of questions surrounding the current number one player in the nation, that being Arch Manning. Wow, I mean, Ryan, the the buzz certainly. It's just going to continue to build. And I mean, if you're looking at this from Oregon's perspective, you're fresh off getting a commitment. And then now you have these recruiting uh, recruiting writers saying that there could be a, uh, a very real chance that he becomes the top passer in the country for this class. Well, that's, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, you're just trying to like get the best players you can at the best time. And it's almost like real estate. Like, you know, you bought a house in a neighborhood that's improving and the thing jumped, you know, and somebody else's house, maybe they bought it for more or whatever else. And, 
I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I didn't hear anybody say that eight million dollars was spent on him. <laughs> so I liked his answer with nil. He's like, I'm just looking to win. You know, every all these guys know they're going to get the bag at some point. You know, yeah. and, and 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 more importantly, put your put your best foot forward. Do the best you can. The bigger the bag at the end. I mean, obviously. So I just I love his attitude. You know, I just psychologically, I, I really like that he didn't go out there and have a bunch of stuff. He just came out there, put the hat on. I was like, that's a gamer move, man. That's a guy who's like ready to play. That's a guy who wears his basketball shorts underneath his pants. So he's ready to play right now. Game's on. Let's go. You guys are running five. I'm down. Boom. Let's play. I'm already ready. You know what I'm saying? Stay ready. Don't get ready. Yeah. And, and another thing that makes more so special is that, you know, um, so obviously he's doing really well on the camp circuit and any opportunity he has to compete. He's got that, that good size at, you know, six, two, six, two and a half around 210 pounds, not massive for a quarterback, but definitely has that, that college ready frame. Um, and one thing that stands out about him is that he's been a starter since he was a freshman in high school for varsity. So he showed up to the high school level and they, the coaches, you know, saw enough of him to be like, Oh yeah, this guy's a gamer. Like let's give him the, you know, the, the keys to the Ferrari, Really good mobility with, with Moore, as you saw in that last clip. You know, not necessarily a guy that's going to kill you with his legs all the time, but certainly has the ability to move like that in the pocket and to, you know, get some yards or maybe a read option. One of the cool points from Brian Driscoll's eval um, that I wrote um, when Moore committed, you know, I had on my site, was that Moore, the, in the offense that Moore's been running at uh, Martin Luther King, he's not really asked to run very much. And a lot of his plays are very quick plays, very quick passes that just get the ball where, uh, where it needs to be for his receiver. And I think that's definitely evident when you look at the film. Uh, but I love how quick his throws are. He's able to stand in the pocket. And when he's on the move, Ryan, his, his mechanics don't really suffer. The, the release is consistent. Uh, it's nice and clean. And um, he, he just looks like a guy who's really, really ready to get here and to compete for a starting job, you know, pretty much right from the start. I think for Oregon, I talked about this in my uh, commitment story a little bit as far as what Moore's commitment means for the Oregon roster. Right now, it looks like, right, all the signs are pointing to, Bo, to Bo Nix being the starter. I think ideally for Oregon, you have Bo for a year, and then he tries to go to the NFL. And then hopefully you can put some of these teams away this year early so that guys like Jay Butterfield, Ty Thompson can get some of those reps that they've really needed and haven't been able to really get uh, in the last season. So then fall camp comes around and you feel pretty confident um, having uh, Butters or Ty, uh, you know, as your quarterback, but, or maybe spring camp, I should say spring camp. And then if, if more hopefully enrolls early for Oregon, then you have uh, a chance to get him up to speed and see if, you know, come fall camp, he is a legitimate contender for a, a starting quarterback job. But we got to remember and keep in perspective here. I have, you know, all the confidence in the world that Dante Moore is going to be an awesome player for Oregon. But starting as a quarterback, as a true freshman, is still so difficult at the college level. But, uh, man, it would be fun to see for sure for, for Oregon and, and all the Duck fans. Absolutely. And, and like we've been talking about over the last couple of years, as recruiting gets better, there's going to be more pressure put on the older guys because the younger guys are coming in better. Again, back in the day, these guys didn't have these camps they were going to, traveling around. I, I, this guy could literally, I feel like, go in right now and be a practice squad guy right now for the Ducks. Not skip his whole senior year. I mean, the development is at the point now where these younger guys 
are ready to go much earlier than they ever were. And especially with just nutrition, weights, that sort of stuff, they're coming in stronger, they're coming in better, and they have more access to technology, individualized coaching, camps, the best of the best. This is the biggest thing for me, is you get a guy who's an elite player. Well, he looks around the room. There's not that many other elite players. He looks around his his city, his town, his county, whatever you want to say, his league that he plays in. There might not be that many more elite talent players. Now, in some cases, there are. You go to certain places, obviously, the big recruiting hotbeds, Florida, Texas, you know, uh, LSU, uh, down Baton Rouge area, uh, you know, and and Florida, obviously, the whole thing. But that that besides that, outside of that, there's not that many super high end D1 players stacked up in certain areas. We talked about the Midwest. They play great football as well. But. You go to the elite 11s, you go to these camps, and everybody's elite. Everybody's the best. best. And when you show up at those camps and play that good there, boom. I mean, proof's in the pudding, man. This is this is this is no question. And yes, I think there's gonna be tremendous amount of hype because of the fact, like I just said, he's the biggest offensive recruit the Oregon program has had since my son was born, and my son's gonna be a junior in high school next year. The ideology is, is that this is a kid who I feel like can handle it, can shoulder it. And I don't know if he's really going to be that miffed about not playing early because he knows he's going to get a chance. I think Ty Thompson could be in the same situation. What I've seen from Ty Thompson, I really like. I, the, 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 the picture of him looking out on the field as Ohio, or, uh, Iowa State was celebrating, uh, you know, the 10 toes down. A, mm-hmm. a tweet or anything like I like that stuff because it shows that hey, this guy's gonna come in. Everybody knows that Bo Nix is not gonna come over here to not start or not play at least. He's gonna get a chance, right? He looked good in the spring game. He's gonna look good because he's had so many reps. He's gonna have a great chance to play here. He only wants to play one year. So if you're tie and you can play and you can compete on that level, well then why would you not stay? You know you're gonna get an opportunity. Well, then the freshman comes in. I don't think you should ever try to start a freshman. I was saying this in my uh, videos the other day. Like, it feels like to me, in Oregon's history, the only two times we started a freshman in my lifetime was Chris Miller and Justin Herbert. Both those teams were suffering. Okay? 1986, we know about the Ducks in the 80s before the Rose Bowl in 94. And then you have the year that Herbert took over. It was an absolute train wreck. The worst year we've seen in modern Duck history. So it's like, I don't think that you're chasing national championships and starting a freshman quarterback at the same time. I just think that you're rebuilding. You're either getting younger. You're going to get better in the future, but it's going to take a year or two. But to me, you know, even like the Marcus Mariota, you know, the greatest quarterback we had, you know, he watched from the sideline. All these guys do because it does take some time to adjust. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm so thrilled with this. this. Again, this is we're talking about July uh, what was it, July, uh, you know, 9th or ju- July 8th or whatever. We're talking about this stuff. It's July 10th now. Normally, we wouldn't be talking about anything about college football in Oregon. Now it's like front page news. Yeah, no, that's what I love about it. And that's what I love about this platform is that we're able to talk about the Ducks and Oregon football specifically 24-7 year round. Like we always want to keep it going. Um, but yeah, to, to your point about uh, Dante being the highest offensive recruit in, in your son's lifetime, here here's a list on 247 of the all-time recruits for, for Oregon. Uh, and you got Dante slotted in there at number five 
Um, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, right behind Jonathan Stewart. Uh, Dante Moore, a five-star prospect, 0.9942. And the thing that's crazy is that if you're looking at this uh, top 10, I think Connerly was the 10 cutoff. Two of these top 10 offensive commits, two of these top 10 all-time commits, excuse me, have committed under Dan Lanning. And he hasn't even been here for a year. It's literally been like seven, seven months. Hasn't even coached a game yet. So I think that is a tremendous... Uh, you know, statement for Oregon to make, um, you know, one that that uh, obviously doesn't mean that much on the field because we haven't seen him coach a game, right? You know, we'll see if Connerly gets in the mix uh, this year. But that's just so crazy to me to be able to say that statement that two of the top 10 all-time commits have committed under Dan Lanning. Um, I think Moore's commitment too, something that we can get into a little bit later, I want to start getting to some of these questions, Ryan, is uh, – it looks like conference realignment or, you know, the limbo is kind of what I've called it. Didn't really uh, affect Dante. He was asked about it in that interview on sports center after he committed. And he said, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be big time competition wherever I go. Absolutely. That's what you want. I mean, and, and, and these coaches, that's what they're promoting. You know, it used to be that if you were a coach, you kind of promoted, Hey, plan time. Hey, I think you're I think you're great. You're better than anybody else we got in here. You're a you're a high school junior or high school senior. I'm gonna hype you up and tell you that you can play the first day you get here because there's nobody else in your position group that can hang with you. You want to go to that team or do you want to go to the team where you're like, yo, the position group that you're going into, the guy's gonna go to the NFL this year. So get in line. I mean, to, to me, it's like which direction do you want to go? You know, if you're good enough, you want to go to the competition. You don't want to walk into the room and be like, I'm the best guy here. Damn. I mean, that's what I always say about LeBron James. You know, people want to hate on LeBron James, but he rarely ever in his whole entire life walked into a room where there was a guy who was a better basketball player than him. And this guy continued to work hard every single day to build himself into the position he's in. These are the guys that look for anything to motivate themselves. Guy like Kevon Thibodeau comes in on day one. Guy like Penny Sewell comes in on day one. Uh, Where's my locker at? Okay, I'm going to go dominate out here in practice now. It's in my first day. They said that the first day that Penne was there, he was like, oh, who's this guy? And it just the talent jumps off the page. And, you know, Justin Flo, I mean, the guy is ripping, ready to go. Noah Sewell, guys, absolutely done a phenomenal job. These guys have come through now, obviously, Flo with the injuries. But you know... That as soon as he's going to be gone, he's going to be like the ultimate warrior out there in the 80s with the straps on his arms, shaking the turnbuckle and whatnot, just firing up the crowd. You know, these guys are all juiced up, ready to go. These guys are all top five. Top, you, you, you showed that list. I mean, you had Cave on there. You have Noah Sewell there. You've got Justin Flo there. Um, you know, I remember when, you know, DeAnthony, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, there's DeAnthony there right behind Cameron Colvin. Uh, and then, you know, I remember when Armstead came, there's Armstead right there. Right. So, you know, uh, Thomas Tyner, great, play. but these kids, the, there weren't that many of these. These were like every other year type of a thing where you would get this sort of a deal. Right. And then you had the one, obviously Lake C strunk. We know about what happened there, but you know, you, you go through the whole list here, you know, Dante man is still on this team. What are you talking about? These guys, are, a lot of these guys are still here. There's Ty. Franklin. So it's like Troy Franklin right behind him. There's so many guys who are on the very best of Oregon history and they're in the locker room right now, or they just were in the locker room last year. I mean, Mikhail Wright's on that list, right? I mean, it's, 
So you, you got to love where they're at right now. And you got to be fired up. And if you're a Duck fan, now's a great time. It's a great time to go to some games. It's a great time to support the university because things are moving forward. Even with the conference realignment, fear factor, everybody's pushing, everything else. It's still a hell of a time to be a Duck fan. And uh, you got you to gotta respect what these kids are doing, you know. As a high school educator myself, you know, I always look at it from the student athlete first. And I'm like, hey, these guys got to go to class. These guys got to, you know, get together with, you know, their their life partners or girlfriends or whatever else they're dealing with. They got to get their cars right. They got to get their insurance, all that, all the stuff that like you have to do, right? You know, housing and everything else. And deal with all the pressure of all these Duck fans on Twitter that want you to be undefeated, you know, halfway through the year. You lose one game and oh, my God. So it's just there's so much pressure on these guys. These guys are 18, 19, 20 years old. Some of these guys are early enrollees. Hell, the guy uh, Casper, right? He's coming a year early. He should mm-hmm. be a Jew. He should be a senior in high school. He's going to freaking D1. I mean, imagine being that big of a stud. That you're you're like, okay, I, I'm done here, high school. Sorry, guys. I'm out. I, I can't play anymore. It's almost like those big kids that they wouldn't let play youth football because they were too big. Like they're like, no, you got to play like the next level. It's like, I'm, I'm only eight. Well, I'm sorry. You got to play with the 12 year olds. You're too big. You know, that's what they're dealing with. These they're, they're getting this level of recruit. It's pretty exciting because historically Oregon really just didn't, you know, Oregon had a couple here and there. Like I was saying, you get one every once in a while. That was a really top flight level recruit, but you didn't stack multiple five stars in a class or multiple four stars. You didn't work on it. Our whole routine was we're going to take the two and three stars that USC re- rejected and we're going to go down to USC and beat them. You know, now we're beating USC on the same kid recruiting wise. I mean, talk about Mateo, right? That's looking like us or USC, Ohio State. Ohio State gave his dad the chips that he liked. They did. They had to like order them online. Hey, no, you know? no detail is too small, Dude, man. You have to. You have to nail everything. And you know, kudos to them. But, but you know, it's just it, it's a it's an all or bust system right now. And so much is made to get to the championship. So much is made to get to the playoff. You have to be in the right division. You have to be in the right conference. You have to be on the right team. You have to be the right television deal. There's so much pressure and stuff going into this. It's not the way it used to be. It used to be that you'd just go down to Eugene on a Saturday or you'd go to freaking Pullman on a Saturday or Corvallis and you just go watch your team play. And it was half the stadium was full. You Anybody get tickets anywhere. Your hot dogs were a dollar. Nobody really complained. You know, now we're dealing with like these, you know, multi-million dollar budgets. Ryan Day said he needs 13 million a year just for the NIL deals. A year. I didn't know he said that. Yeah, he's like, dude, he's like, at the, at the, at the rate we're in right now, um, we need more money. Can we do that? Man. <laughs> Think it's... about how much money they're already getting. Think about how, much, how big the budget already is. They need an extra 13 mil a year at this projected rate just to cover the NIL, just to get the bags out. Whew. It's Man, a wild it's... system right now. So they better get that Fox money. Yeah, it's it's a crazy time in college football, no doubt about it. Um, I'm talking with Ryan Winter in this uh, live chat, live Oregon football recruiting mailbag. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break for those of you guys listening to us on podcasts later on today or tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the Duck's Dish podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the Duck Stage Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, talking with Ryan Winter, a.k.a. Sports Chat 503. Man, always comes correct with the Oregon drip. Really liking the hat today, Ryan. Nice okay. little whiteout theme, but mm-hmm. wanted to give a shout-out to everybody that's here in the live chat on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres. Uh, getting lots of great comments and questions. Definitely uh, get in there. Let us know where you guys are tuned in from. And also, please make sure to take some time out of your day to smash that like button and smash the subscribe button. It is a tremendous help for us, as well as hit the notification bell so you don't miss out on future live shows. Going for about uh, 25 more minutes or so here with uh, my guy Ryan, and then we'll head on over to his channel, his channel, pointing that way, um, (laughs) for another live chat right after this. So, Ryan, let's start hopping into some of these comments and questions um, we got a lot of great ones today, so I'm going to grab some that, that I see. Um, I don't know if you're able to see them on your end, but if any stand out to you, definitely let me know, and we can uh, we can definitely hop into some of those. Want to get to Xander Brown's question. Looks like in his profile picture, he's rocking a Niners jersey, so shout out to the Niners. There we go. You can see the flag. Uh, go Niners. Need to get rid of Jimmy G. It's an absolute debacle. Uh, hopefully Debo resigns. But with that being said, Xander's question is, Duck still in it for Pancake Concho, or is he a lock to Michigan State University? Um, I, he, he didn't type out Michigan State University, but I decided to read it. Um, so let me let me see. So Samson Okunlola, uh is the guy that he's talking about. Pancake Concho has easily some of the hardest <clears throat> photo shoots as a recruit. Uh, this is these these are his pictures that really blew up when he was on his Oregon visit. So for those of you that don't know or don't follow recruiting too closely, Samson Okunlola is a five-star offensive tackle in the 2023 recruiting class, coming all the way from Massachusetts. So uh, definitely some distance to overcome there for Oregon. But I spoke to Samson when he came out for his unofficial, um, you know, earlier in the the spring and summer months, and Oregon did a really good job to you know position themselves. Uh, well with with Samson Okunlola. With a guy like this, I think it, it does kind of look optically like there's definitely some steam for Michigan State and Mel Tucker. Um, I think that they're kind of uh, 
I don't want to say a recruiting giant, but especially after their season after their season last year, they're definitely uh, you know put themselves in a good spot with with a, a lot of top tier recruits. But Samson Oak and Lola doesn't really have some top schools right now. He's got just about everybody that is uh, talking to him. I remember I was asking him when I was interviewing him. I was asking him about his official visits and kind of where he was thinking about making it out to uh, for those. But he said, "I can tell you all the guys that are recruiting me the hardest," and it was. You know, Oregon, Ohio State, Bama, Miami, Georgia, just like everybody, all of the Blue Bloods are after him. So to answer this question from Xander, I think that they're still in it for sure. Um, You know, they're in it until they release a top list and, you know, Oregon doesn't make the cut, what have you. But uh, that hasn't happened just yet. Um, And he's definitely the, the highest rated offensive lineman they're still going after right now after Caden Proctor, the Iowa offensive lineman, uh, announced his commitment to the Hawkeyes uh, and cut out the Ducks, obviously, earlier on. So I'd say they're still in it, but, uh, you know, plenty of work to do. And um, the, the Ducks have an awesome staff led by Adrian Clemmel on that offensive line who uh, has proven that he can get the best of the best after landing Connerly. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think the offensive line is pretty stacked up right now. Uh, I love to watch Pang. I, when I when all these came out, I, of course, went right to his film and everything and you know, he's, he's the real deal, man. He stands pretty tall, 6'5", 305, man. But yeah, you, you can see he's everywhere here. He's, he's in the Ferrari. He's, 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 he's everywhere here. You know, he's, he's on something, but um, you know, all these kids are, you know, all these kids are, you know, they, they get the red carpet rolled out for him. And why wouldn't you, you know, you got these huge budgets now uh, you got these big recruiting, you know, basically they're their own coaching staff. I mean, the recruiting there's look, 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 at, the, look, at, the, look at all the, the, the letters you got there. I mean, gee, think, think of the paper alone. Right. But every one of these schools has just an absolutely huge recruiting team. Right. And these guys got all these coaches that are working on recruiting nonstop. They are making their uh, school look absolutely gorgeous to these guys across the country. And they're doing it all the time. 365. It never stops. It never sleeps. And you got to believe that, you know, there's out of out of every 10 kids that you recruit that heavy, you know, you're going to see, uh, you know, the success of, you know, probably half or, or a little bit more, maybe at the, hopefully at the time at the top. But, you know, there's still it's a very inexact science, man. And you, you don't really know what you got until you get until you get there. And when, once they get there and they're on campus, they start to make a difference. Then everything else pays off. That's why it's so unique to see a guy like, you know, Penne come in or you know, Kayvon come in where they're that much better than the rest of the group that they're with, you know, that's pretty unique. It's pretty easy to pick those guys. It's harder to find the guys that are going to develop and that are going to really, really come to work. Um, You know, I would hate to see some of these guys get their hype train built on them and they come in and they kind of fall flat a little bit in college and don't really have the the work ethic or don't really have the stick that they need. Because again, football is a very demanding sport. I mean, over your whole time, at school, it's a very demanding sport. And a lot of these guys, like I'm saying, there's so much pressure now. There's pressure from your family. Everybody's trying to secure the bag. Everybody's got a handout, friends, family, girls, parties. I mean, there's just so much going on for these guys. And, uh, and and you know, again, they're, they're, they're in pretty complicated positions as well with their offense, defensive scheme, having to go to different practices, work on different. It's very different than it used to be, right? Which is good. It's all getting better. I think that's the other thing that people – Instead of fearing the whole like changes of college football, think of it in terms of the better is getting better and the product is getting better. 
for about half of the group. The other group might not be able to function at that same level, and they're going to start to draw that line. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a time right now where it's it's a defining moment, I feel like, yeah. in, in college sports, particularly for college football, uh, as we kind of uh, wait to see what happens here in uh, the realignment era, <laughs> the realignment drama. I mean, it's it's been going for almost a week and a half now, and I know people are still asking for answers, but I like your point about recruiting with, you know, guys like KT are coming in like so head and shoulder in Panay, so head and shoulders above the rest of their class. Oregon needs more of those guys. And that's why you're seeing them recruit at this level or go after guys of Samson Okunlola's caliber, because you want more guys that are capable of contributing right away, that are capable of pushing those vets from the second they get on campus. So really like that point, Ryan. Got a question from Vaughn. Should we be worried about our offensive line in 23 since we have a lot of players leaving? Yeah, this is a this is a good question. Um, I don't think that you necessarily need to be worried about the offensive line, but I would say more so curious or intrigued about the offensive line because there's going to be a lot of new faces along that um, you know that front group uh, come next year. Since uh, like you know like the question says, there's a lot of players leaving, but. There's no shortage of talent, uh, you know, already on the roster. Um, hopefully the Ducks can get some guys, uh, you know, rotated in a little bit more. Like I said, uh, this upcoming year, if you can put some games away, you can get some of these freshmen, some really valuable snaps. You know, you want to fully utilize uh, that four game red shirt rule. So some guys that you could be looking to get more reps uh, this year, definitely uh, Jackson Powers Johnson. Um, he's someone that that uh, he was the offensive lineman from that freshman class that saw the most snaps last year uh, as a true freshman. So, um, you know, his versatility has been an absolute asset since he's gotten to Eugene. Certainly something that um, this new staff uh, is definitely keen on, um, you know, utilizing, seeing that uh, he started in the on the uh, defensive line in the in spring practice, but kind of hopped back and forth is what I was able to see uh, from those practices. But I'd say him, and then you have Connerly, who, who just recently got here as a 2020, uh, 2022 signee, um, and there's some good pieces that are still there on the roster. They just haven't had a ton of time. Bram Walden is one of them. So I don't think I would necessarily be worried about it, but it's all the more important, again, to get these guys on the field this year so it's not we just lost all these players. Now we have a bunch of guys who, who haven't played a whole lot of snaps just yet. Um, so I think those guys are something to keep an eye on, and then – I think that the offensive line are, are going to start to to pop off here for Oregon in 2023, seeing that they have Dante Moore in the fold. Now they have a guy that can say, Hey, come block for this guy, come run in the offense with him. So miles McVay is a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Micah Benuelos, the uh, Washington offensive lineman. He had his most recent official visit to Oregon. I have an update on that over on ducks digest. So if you haven't read that, definitely go ahead that head over there and check that out. We're talking Oregon, USC, Texas A&M, that's the final three that Micah's working with. And then Miles McVay, the big-time St. Louis offensive lineman, East St. Louis offensive lineman. He's someone to keep an eye on as well. So uh, I think that it's absolutely going to emerge as a priority. Uh, Logan Riker as well, uh, a Kansas City guy, uh, area guy, went to the same high school as Dante Manning. So you got to think about that connection there. And you have Landing be a Kansas City guy. Greg Jones on the, off, uh, the offensive sa- staff as well, I believe. He's a Kansas City guy. So uh, it's a priority for Oregon and the staff is well aware that they got to add some dudes in 23 along the offensive line. Yeah. And you know, you're going to, you're going to have this in any situation where you have 
an anomaly, right? This 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 offensive line has stayed together for quite some time. They had the extra year granted with the COVID. So they, these guys have taken advantage of it. Obviously, we knew that, you know, there, there's going to be some issues with that because there's some guys who maybe don't feel like they have an opportunity to play right away and they want to they want to bounce. I understand. But, uh, you know, having uh, guys, you know, stick around for one more year, I think is going to be very beneficial for this year, especially in this transition with this coaching staff and learning new, a new system. Uh, guys who I really am looking forward to see is Marcus Harper. Marcus oh, yeah. Harper, a great guy. He's 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 done the signal calling now for two years. That's a really important thing because it really gets you aligned with the coaching staff, really gets you in, in, in tune with the, the, the flow of the game and understanding how those calls come in. Um, obviously Feope, uh, he's really changed his body uh, and chiseled. really kind of morphed into what we would assume. Uh, and I think Dawson, your and Braley, Murillo, I think B- B- Bailey, I think is a guy who you really want to watch out for just a really talented player. I mean, now talk about a golfer. That guy's a phenomenal golfer, but I think Dawson played really well last year. Dawson really impressed me. The time that he was able to play. Um, was, you know, again, there were times when it was Alex was out. Uh, they had to move guys around and Dawson came in and played very well. And I would assume that Bailey's going to put himself in a similar situation uh, going forward uh, when he gets uh, a little bit older as well. And you mentioned Bram, I think uh, another guy who's just very stacked up. Uh, and then there's other, these other freshmen, right? Michael Wooten, uh, David Lilly, these guys I think are coming in uh, ready to go as well. I think, again, even the offensive linemen you would want to assume that the skill players and those kind of guys are the guys that feel like they're more college ready earlier because of the amount of seven on seven they're running the other stuff like that. It takes the offensive line a little bit more to kind of build your, there, there's some man growth that needs to take place, but some of these guys, I mean, they're, they're, they're six, five, 300 pounds. They were senior year of, of high school and they're ready to go. Uh, but it's just about that ability to understand from the mental side, again, I, I think historically we've always underestimated how difficult it is to be an offensive lineman. I think a lot of people just look at it as it's kind of a, an afterthought. You know, they don't really understand it that well from the inside out. You know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of calls to be made. There's a lot of protections to be, uh, you know, kind of assessed and who's do, who's doing what at what time at when. And it's an orchestrated affair and everybody needs to be on the same page, but everybody's kind of doing something different. And, you know, it's it, there's a lot going on. And of course, their frontline news or they're right in the front page of the sports page. They don't have a sports page anymore. It's kind of a dated conversation, but they're, they're right on the cover of SI. Uh, oh, yeah. When, when uh, you know, when they make a mistake and the guy blows past them and sacks the quarterback at 100 miles an hour and they got one of the hardest jobs possibly on the entire field. I mean, you're dealing with some of the most elite athletes in the world lining up across from you, running full speed in the direction they're intended to run, which is forward, not backward. And you somehow have to go off your back feet, shuffling your feet backward at sometimes the weight of almost a hundred pounds more than the guy across from you and try to cover him in space and protect the guy who's behind you to throw the ball. That's a pretty difficult thing. I don't think people really understand fully how difficult that is to be that offensive lineman and how easy it is to make a mistake and, and make a mistake. That's very costly. Or to get a holding penalty. I mean, we know how costly these goddamn holding penalties are. I think that's another one of these things where it's 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 hard to be a freshman and transition into that. Now, again, Penne is the absolute goat because this guy came in and didn't even get a penalty. <laughs> I mean, this guy was un, unbelievable. 
And um, so, I, I, like I said, I think Marcus Harper, I've had him on my show. He's a great guy. I, I love his swagger. He's he he did the emceeing that one night of the things all dialed up, right? You know, he's just a really smart kid and he's ready to go. And all these guys are also going to get a benefit of a, of a COVID year, right? Because, you know, they stayed kind of in perpetuity for one more year, the year that they were. That's one more year of weight room. That's one more year of training. That's one more year of being uh, able to be there. And you talk about who could benefit the most from a COVID year. It's got to be an offensive and defensive lineman. I mean, mm-hmm. just think about just the weight room alone. So I'm, I'm excited for the offensive line. And I love Clem. I think Clem has got them in the right direction. And he's going to, again, put the best guys in place. But you got to have a lot of guys in that room. So uh, you got you to really stack up the recruiting classes every single year. Yeah, I think, you know, hopefully, if you're coming at it from an Oregon standpoint, hopefully you can have, you know, one guy a class that can play right away. I feel like that's, you know, kind of a, a good mark to shoot for because then you have some guys that are already – on the roster that, that are, uh, you know, able to contribute and you never want to be in the position where you have to turn to a freshman, right? You'd much rather do it out of luxury where you have a guy that's playing that well, like a Panay Sewell that's able to just insert himself and insert and assert himself amongst a group of veterans. Uh, have some more comments here. Uh, love that one from Vaughn had some good discussion about the O-line. Mikey G says Mateo would be an incredible get but USC seems to be in the lead. Ohio State is in there too. Yeah, uh, Mateo just posted his Oregon official visit pictures uh, yesterday, uh, I believe. So these are some really cool ones. I love the Oregon van that they're using, how that's got um, you know thrown into the mix here with official visits. Here's Mateo enjoying some of the, the scenery in, in Oregon. There's him and his dad in the boxing ring, and Mateo's rocking the all-black Jordan uniforms. Definitely some of the best uniforms they've had in recent years. Um, here he is checking out the, uh, the albums and everything. Um, you know, Mateo is, uh, you know, a, a very, uh, a very invested guy when it comes to music and he's kind of doing his thing as a producer here. He is holding the O on his visit, which is awesome. Uh, here he is in downtown Eugene striking a pose. Um, so yeah, it, it feels, this is a really dope one. The Harley, the Harley has uh, made an appearance now in the visit pictures. You saw those pictures like from Michigan state, they've been rolling out all the fancy cars. But for me, I like the Harley for Oregon because it speaks to the tradition, right? You know, if you've watched Oregon, if you've gone to a game at Autzen stadium, rocking on a Saturday, that's my favorite tradition. I mean, once the, once the Harley comes out with the duck on it um, and you know, he's, he's doing the laps and just revving the hell out of that thing. I'm just like, let's go. It's game day. Like it's time we're here. Uh, but I personally feel like with Mateo, I, yeah, I think I think that USC is obviously an easy one you could say that's definitely in the running. This is a guy, right, that new Lincoln Riley staff at USC, I'm sure they've zeroed in on, and they're like, he's someone we can't let leave LA. I think Ohio State's definitely in a real good spot uh, in the Big Ten. Um, and, I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to see how USC moving to the Big Ten would affect this recruitment, if I could ask him that question, but... Uh, I know Mateo doesn't talk to a ton of reporters, but fortunately he's talked to me a couple times, just been a minute. Um, and then, yeah, Mikey G said it would be nice to see Tosh get some, to pick up some really big names and they're in it for a lot of them. They just haven't been, uh, you know, along the recruiting timeline just yet. They haven't announced their commitment dates, but some other big time guys that I feel like we can mention here since Mikey G is talking about Tosh and, uh, you know, obviously he's looking at the outside linebackers, uh, so Mateo is definitely the, the biggest guy, probably still him and David Hicks, but David Hicks is more of an interior. Um, I believe cause he's closer to, to 300 than he is 250. 
Um, so Mateo is someone to watch out for. You know, Jaden Wayne just went to Miami yesterday, so kind of got to reestablish things a little bit. That wasn't a shock, you know, to, to me or to a lot of people. If you follow recruiting, you know, Mario's over there and, and Jaden transferred to IMG for his senior year. Uh, but Blake Purchase, uh, an outside linebacker out of Colorado, he's someone that you definitely want to watch. Um, he sounds like he's still mulling over his decision and said he was pushing things back a little bit. I think it's going to be Oregon or Iowa State for Blake Purchase. Um, so those are some guys to watch out for, uh, as well as, let's see if I have any off the top of my head, uh, Samuel and Pemba from IMG, that's someone as well. Um, and, uh, that, that's, those are the names that come to mind right now. I'll have to do a little bit more of a, of a detailed write-up, but yeah, Tosh and, and Dan, I mean, that's that defensive duo that you bring to Oregon to get a guy like Mateo, to get a guy like David Hicks. And I think that, uh, they're in a great spot. Oh, Colton Vasek. That's another guy out of Texas. I think it's probably going to be Texas or Oregon and his dad's a Texas legacy. So that could be a little bit of a tough thing for them to have to overcome. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, there's, there, there's a lot of guys out there. Uh, they're making their decisions with, you know, the, the, the best intentions. Uh, obviously, uh, like, you know, you talked about there, you, you're, you're after some of these guys, you know, you mentioned David Hicks, you know, there, there, there's some of these guys that just really jump off the page, you know, athletically. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you want your, you want your best players, your best positions. I mean, obviously that's, that's the way to go out here. You know, I, I'm really excited for recruiting, you know, on the level that, you know, it keeps, it keeps people kind of engaged in the sport, right? It keeps people alive and connected. And by the way, shouts out to Mikey G. Mikey G's a legend, dude. But, you know, working, working through the perspective of, you know, what, what are these, what do these coaches want out of these, uh, you know, recruiting classes? You got to have it be a balanced class, right? You got to have a certain amount of offensive linemen, a certain amount of defensive linemen, a certain amount of wide receivers to cornerbacks. You know, you got to have that one quarterback that you want. You know, you got to have some safeties in there. You got to have some running, maybe a running back or two, or you can know some guys who are an athlete that can play a variety of different roles, you know, but, but everybody wants an edge rusher. Hey, look at the NFL. Everybody wants the edge rusher. It's the edge rusher and the quarterback have become the two most important positions. We, we know anybody who plays football knows the, the linebackers are always important and always have been important, but it feels like now on the, on the hierarchy of the want list, the, the, the edge rushers are guys that you want to see the most uh, on the defensive side and you want to see the quarterback on the offensive side. So obviously, yeah, when you look at some of these guys, edge rushers, oh my God, when you get, get when you look at some of these guys on the edge, you know, it's pretty fun. By far, my favorite position to play in football was, was the defensive end, uh, outside linebacker. Oh my God, I just love it. And I mean, I was at a wedding yesterday and the, uh, you know, one of the guys uh, who, 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 a buddy of mine, he played defensive end uh, uh, outside linebacker in uh, small college. And he was like undersized. I mean, dude, the guy looks like a running back, but he couldn't be stopped. He would go up against these guys. That's what I love about the mismatch of football. Like it's me against you against the rest of the team. Can you even put a body on these guys? These guys come off the edge so fast. They get their hands out. They separate immediately. Find target, tackle, done. It's that fast. Like, I love – that's my favorite part of the game. And I love the fact that offenses think that they can somehow take advantage of these defensive ends by holding them. You know, Chip Kelly's classic thing was just look at the end, right? And if the end's crashing, you know, obviously you can run around. You know, if the end's holding the edge, you run to the middle. Just go the opposite way of the whatever the end's doing. That shows how dominant the end is. But you love these spin moves. Even 90 looked great on that one. Like, 
You love these spin moves coming off the edge. Making, dude, both those ends are really good on this team, dude. 90's also a stud. Like, he is flying off the ball, too. And I just love how big these guys are. You know, like, I loved Eric Armstead, how he was just so much bigger, taller. His separation was absolutely massive. It was like feet of separation when he put his hands out. And these offensive linemen, most of the time, like I'm saying, they're tired. They're out of shape. They're... They're, it's a, it's the third or fourth quarter. They're gassed. They're trying to chip you and go down to a linebacker half the time <laughs> on the run play. And so if you're a defensive end, you're just going to eat. And and that's the, the that's the modern game. I mean, look how far out these guys. Look at the angle these guys are taking off the side. Oh, dude, he's like been intercepted that ball almost. Super athletic, dude. Just just jump off the page. And as a basketball player, basketball coach, these are the type of athletes you worry about. These are the guys that can go in and grab a rebound over the top of the guy, and not even get a freaking over the back call. These are the type of guys that can just like steal the ball in the three quarter court and just rip the ball out of the air while you're while you're trying to go and break their press. They can be like a one man zone in the middle of the court. And, you know, you get these J.J. Watt types that are, you know, could play in any uh, era of football. And you get these guys. Oh, my God. The athleticism. You get these guys like a Lawrence Taylor type that can play in any era of football because they are just that dominant athletically. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how Dan Lanning is going to use these guys on the edge. I, I'm, I, I was so excited. I watched so much of that damn uh, Georgia tape on uh, how they use their linebackers, and their defense. They, they have so many exotic looks. It's not your standard run it up and just go with it. Oh, look at this guy. He's he's done. You can tell the offensive lineman's like, I got my hands full. Trying to hold him. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do. He knows as soon as the ball's hiked, he's done. You can see the offensive lineman like sweating. <laughs> he's gone. Look at him. Just a complete whiff. Yeah, this so, is this is Colton Vasic out of uh, Austin Westlake. Uh, definitely, uh, we were talking about him earlier. I think he's he's definitely a major target for Oregon. Sorry to cut you off there, Ryan. No, no, it's great. I I, I love like I'm saying I love watching film. It's, it pumps me up, especially in the summertime when we're kind of void of football. Uh, but yeah, hey, we're almost time here. You want to jump over to my channel? Yeah, man. Let's uh let's do it. I'll I'll wind down real quick here. Just cool. gotta plug the channel real quick. Of course. Um, of course. so if you guys want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter at mtorresports. Uh, and you can find more Oregon content over on DucksDigest.com. We got football. We got recruiting. Uh, definitely the bread and butter for us over there. We love breaking it all down and talking about it. And then if you guys are watching live on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Oregon Football Max Taurus. That'd be a tremendous help with what I'm doing, trying to cover the Ducks. Uh, and then make sure to head over to Ryan's channel right now. Go open another tab, and we'll be right over there. Uh, that's Sports Chat 503. Big thanks to Ryan for hopping on my show. We will catch you guys in the next episode. Make sure to like and share the podcast. That's a big help. Loving all the support. Appreciate you guys talking some ball with us today, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.